हेलो लिसनर्स वेलकम टू लेट्स टॉक डिफेंस भारत शक्ति डॉट इन न्यू पॉडकास्ट ऑन दिस न्यू प्लेटफॉर्म वी विल बी ब्रिंगिंग यू अ लॉट अबाउट द इंडियन आर्म्ड फोर्सेस वील टॉक अबाउट द इक्विपमेंट वील टॉक अबाउट द ट्रेनिंग वील टॉक अबाउट देर ऑर्गेनाइजेशन एंड अ लॉट मोर टूडे वी गुड बी टॉकिंग अबाउट सैटेलाइट्स इन द कॉन्टेक्सट ऑफ द आर्म्ड फोर्सेस space initiative in india can be said to have started long back when the national committee for space research was formed and sometime later it transformed into what we know as the isro indian space research organization in 1969 isro has achieved a lot in terms of uh, satellite technology is concerned but we are primarily interested in the indian defense satellite initiatives now we will limit ourselves hence to those applications and those kind of satellites which are indian and which cater for our defense needs primarily to explain the details i have with me commander belind kulfreshta he is a strategic analyst and has expertise in c4i systems that is command control computers and communication systems and intelligence he is also the owner of his own company i kairos which works in the field of 4.0 technology welcome commander welcome to bharat shakti dot in uh, good afternoon sir thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to share some of my knowledge on the satellite system especially from the defense point of view right commander my first question to you is uh, you know satellites have been extensively used for dual purposes uh, i'm talking about both civilian and military that's been the way it's been since the launch of the first satellite i would say sputnik 1 in 1957 however what are the specialized types of satellites uh, for defense applications and when you talk about the specialized type of satellites can you also describe some of these applications with reference to indian defense satellites uh sure sir uh, though satellite system is a uh, unseen uh, technology so we'll take it uh, probably slowly to uh, let the audience also understand grasp the complex technology in the as simple manner as possible it is uh, basically a governmental effort in india as far as the space uh, program is concerned through the indian space research organization we will be calling it isro uh, throughout the discussion the satellite launch in india is considered uh, by the way one of the cheapest in the world it is so cheap that many times it is compared to the budget of the hollywood movies uh, having said that now defense is a beneficiary of these kind of technologies uh, because it is a home grown and indigenous effort which has come in now uh, defense primarily uses the satellites for the intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance missions we commonly call it isr missions we also use it for the telecommunication uh, for the land air and sea as we are aware that uh, india is a vast nation uh, we have himalayas in the north uh, in the south we have vast indian ocean region on the one side we have the deserts on the other side is a jungle foliage so we have to maintain security and safety and guard our borders 24 by 7 throughout the year whatever may be the weather condition having uh, understood this part so you know uh, world is increasingly reliant on uh, orbiting satellite be it commercial or civilian or you may say military purpose throughout the world 
ISRO has multiple dual-use satellites. We are going to elaborate in uh, the way we progress further, and some dedicated military satellites. However, before we move on to the names and jargons, uh, what I would like to clear is like majorly for defense, we are looking at uh, three specific types of satellites uh, or the satellite uh, systems, which is. Uh, telecommunication satellites, we would be looking at the imaging satellite communication systems, and we would be looking at finally the global positioning system, that is the navigation satellites. So with these three broad outlines, uh, let me uh, try to describe the telecommunication satellite system. It provides the mobile communication uh, to the uh, military uh, in the beyond line of sight region. They relay the receive signal from one earth station to the other through the satellite and there is a satellite to satellite communication also. Usually as a general interest uh, for people to realize that what kind of earth orbits are also there because each satellite system uh, remains in a particular earth orbit uh, during the talk I'll keep bringing out as the examples emerge. The telecommunication satellites are generally in the geostationary orbit. Let's take the example of naval satellite communication system. Warships and submarines have this kind of uh, satellite system. What is unique for the naval communication system is because the ship has a roll pitch and a yaw, those uh, triaxial movements. So keeping the tracker of the satellite dish antenna, which is on the warship, to the link to the satellite for the communication link to be established is a challenging task. However, a lot of work has been done in this field. There was a discussion on INSAT uh, terminal, mobile terminal to be placed, which I happen to have some you know, experience of having worked. Uh, the idea is uh, to have a full duplex communication between the warship and the submarines which are out at sea with the mainland or the headquarters level. So let me uh, give an example of the telecommunication satellite here. ISRO recently had launched last December a satellite called CMS-01 Geosynchronous Satellite. It was to enhance the communication between the island, uh, which we have got like Andaman, Nicobar, Lakshadweep and the mainland. Uh, the main idea, if you actually see and understand, uh, sir, uh, it is about, it is easier to establish a satellite data link rather than to dig up the island region to lay a fiber optic cable for a broadband communication. So that is one of the primary advantage we get. Now, while we are on the telecommunication satellite, let me also touch upon the frequencies which are involved in the satellite communication. So this particular satellite was in the extended C-band frequency. Why extended C-band frequency? Because of the 5G communication, which is becoming popular. What happens is in these uh, tropical regions, we have a lot of moisture and rain. So in order to have the signal clearly available at the receiver, it's already a weak signal coming from the satellite. We use the C-band. It's a very popular band. You see the dish antennas which are there on uh, home. Uh, they also use the C-band. However, with mobile 5G uh, network coming in, the lower C-band is being allocated for the 5G application. That's why in the telecommunication, we have this extended C-band frequency uh, spectrum, which has been used here. Now, coming to the second type of uh, satellite system, earlier we covered the telecommunication satellite. These are called the remote sensing satellites. Why is it remote? Because the sensor is put on the satellites. The sensor can be an optical camera. It could be an infrared ultraviolet sensor or a multispectral sensor. The radar imaging is also carried out uh, to scan the Earth using the radars, like synthetic aperture radar. The most uh, recent example for uh, this uh, kind of surveillance satellites, I can say, is the RISAT, RISAT that is uh, radar imaging satellite, which was launched by ISRO in 2019. 
already india has got uh, three dedicated oceanographic observation satellites these are oceansat 2 saral and scansat 1 these are just examples that what all dimensions are there in the space uh, this year uh, elaborating further on the remote sensing satellites amazonia 1 was launched with the optical earth observation satellite for brazil to monitor the deforestation in the amazon region This satellite was put in a sun synchronous. What it means, sun synchronous uh, polar orbit, that it is going to have always the sunlight available for the satellite to receive the images, and that would be downloaded to the Earth station. Coming to the last type of satellite, these are the navigation satellites which are used. It's very popular. We all know the global positioning system which is available on Earth. This is all provided by the satellites which are in the constellation overhead above us. Finally, what they give you is the latitude and longitude of your position, or the position of the receiver actually, wherever you are on Earth. Till the time receiver is getting the signal from the satellite in an uninterrupted manner. So when we do drones flying, so we usually look for about twelve satellite signals to be available for the accurate flying of the drones. So finally, with navigation, we are looking at. three parameters which are most important and essential these are the position navigation and timing services and these are available through a satellite network called global navigation satellite system it's a international consortium and india's isro's navic is one of them right i think that was a very uh, a complicated an issue that you put across in such simple words at least i'm sure i'm our uh, listeners will be able to comprehend the whole uh, thing quite clearly Uh, let's go a little further you just mentioned about the global navigation satellite system the gnss can you elaborate on the navigation services provided by the satellites with uh, some suitable examples uh, so that our audience finds it easier so what happens is uh, for the warships military aircrafts or missile navigation we require this position navigation and timing services as a very critical element especially when we are uh, making these systems these services have become so essential even in the civilian uh, side that any disruption is going to lead to you know millions of dollars of loss so gnss or the global navigation satellite system is a constellation of satellites from space they keep sending their uh, information on their location position and all to a receiver in our hand on earth this receiver would finally determine the latitude longitude of us using signals from the satellite there are some computations which are done here uh, giving uh, some uh, specific example on gnss uh, us navstar global position system is very popular it's been uh, used by uh, defense forces for a long time there was a risk of using somebody else's uh, gps system uh, europe's galileo has been uh, evolved however with the brexit happening now in uh, uk uk has pulled out of this uh, galileo system and it has said that it is likely to go ahead and make its own gnss uh, system just like our navic uh, russia always had a glonass their own independent gps system and china also has come out with a baidu navigation satellite system all these systems are interoperable so that you have the most accurate signal the gns performance is enhanced further for accuracy of the gps signal using some regional satellite based augmentation systems like europe has its own uh, geostationary navigation overlay which improves the gps accuracy and reliability uh, right you talked about quite a few system i would say gnss you talked about glonass you talked about the chinese baidu etc i would like request you to focus a little bit on the indian system that uh, we have for regional navigation satellite and uh, that's the navic what are its applications 
Can you describe broadly the system, the components of NAVIC? Yes, sir. So this is a very important uh, development which India has taken. NAVIC is an Indian regional navigation satellite system. And I'll take a couple of minutes extra to explain the whole dimension of this uh, system because this is the backbone of uh, Indian military system. Because whenever we are utilizing global positioning system of some other country, the chances of falsifying the signal or make them unavailable as and when they want, the other country wants, was a risk defense forces always had. So elaborating uh, how it is our own because it is indigenously developed satellite navigation system fully planned, established and controlled by Indian government. It is a wide coverage area. It goes 1500 kilometers around the Indian mainland. And the NAVIC system time is based on weighted average of multiple atomic clocks. So in all the timing services of satellites, we use the atomic clocks, which is very essential. For reference, for those who are into the technology, the WHS84 reference coordinate system is what is utilized here. As an end user, there are two positioning services. Like if you're standing on uh, Earth, so you have two positioning services which are uh, designed into this. One is the standard position service, uh, which gives an accuracy of about 20 meter for a uh, public use. And there is an encrypted uh, restricted service that is specifically for military and the authorized users. Unfortunately, what has happened is for the restricted service, there have been some technical glitches. I mean, I, I can say research uh, shortcomings or uh, work which is still going on. Like uh, there is a signal distortion happens whenever there is a equatorial plasma bubbles which are formed. And this signal has to be catered for to get more accurate GPS signal on the Earth. And they, there's always the space-based weather storms. So these are the sort of shortcomings which still have to be uh, overcome to get accuracy at the military grade. Fortunately, International Maritime Organization has recognized NAVIC in, in the uh, worldwide radio navigation system, it's an international consortium again. NAVIC meets the uh, operational requirement to assist in navigation of ships in ocean waters. Within the area covered, there's a specific area which is uh, mentioned where you can have the reliable NAVIC signal, which uh, naval uh, and the marine ships can utilize. That is described from 55 degree east to 110 degree east longitudes and 50 degree north to 5 degree south latitude. Yes, it may not be very useful for a lot of landlocked people, but at sea, all these uh, latitude longitudes are very important. All the competitions are undertaken on the charts using the latitude longitude. The airport authority is also very closely working with ISRO to establish GPS-aided geo-augmentation navigation system Gagan for the aviation sector. And they have a satellite-based augmentation system already in design phase. Though it is meant for the aviation, but the civilian transportation, maritime, highways, railway, extra also would be utilizing. So NAVIC is going to come in a big way throughout in India. As and when it comes, there is some progress which is happening in the development of the NAVIC system. To touch upon um, uh, slightly more technical because a lot of private agencies are also involved in this work of NAVIC design. And uh, we have an architecture of NAVIC. It has got three sections. One is we call the space segment, that is seven satellites which are there in orbit. Some are in geostationary and geosynchronous orbits. Uh, there is a ground segment and the user segment. So a lot of private companies are involved in uh, developmental work over here. The ground segment is for the maintenance of satellite constellation, which is done by ISRO. That is, you have a navigation center, you keep doing the laser ranging for the satellites because you have to know accurately where the satellite is all the time. And then you have a data communication network and the network timing center based on the atomic clock. There is a user segment, which is mainly the receivers. 
there are two types of receivers which are there for navic one is the single frequency another is the dual frequency for there are two bands which are used l5 and s band frequencies s band is a popular frequency band which is used in satellite navigation navic is interoperable with other gns systems like as i mentioned earlier the galileo by2 and other so we are integrated as a gnss ISRO has gone into consultation with the Qualcomm system, a uh, private agency. Why? Because the Navic mobile chip is to be also designed so that all the smartphones which are being manufactured now for India would have this uh, facility to receive the Navic signal and display it as GPS. So it would be available in hand of our general public. There is a very interesting service which is called Navic messaging receiver what it does is then in case of a cyclone or a human disaster it can also be used to send alerts to the fishermen mariners and other people uh, in the coastal area how it works is a simple uh, logic though the design is uh, not so simple it uses the um, navic uh, transmission which happens on a bluetooth link and if you have the right app working on your mobile so it can automatically uh, the alert could be received as a message on your mobile so if there is a navic receiver you can have it this kind of a alert in your mobile so that's a very interesting development which is going to happen a lot of work is going on we still are making it established for uh, use by the general public thank you commander i think that's been a, a very knowledgeable kind of a session and you put it across so simply such a complicated thing thanks for uh, having joined us thank you listeners thanks for being on let's talk defense marshakti dotens on new podcast platform i'll request you to log in as often as possible on this platform and you will find such interesting discussions that we have and should you want us to be discussing a particular subject please do write to us and do press the like button whenever you get time thanks again commander thank you sir thank you very much sir